today we have a special guest with us. You know, many of you may have met Steve Holiday. Steve uh, does a uh, ministry, The Ultimate Escape, I believe that's the right title. Did I get that right, Holly? And so he's going to be sharing with us today. And his co-presenter is his dog. Uh, so another first for Watch Fair Road. We're, you know, uh, they said you'll just let anybody speak up there, won't you? Well, you bet. Steve, come share with us, bro. Girl, I forgot to tell her it was okay to move. My fault. Good girl. If you'll stick with me for a couple of minutes, this will make sense. I promise. Okay. This is Legend. Legend is five years old. We've had Legend since she was 16 months old. Um, she's learned a few things in that time. Legend, come. Good girl. Oh, you don't make sense eventually. Is that you? Back. Back. Good girl. Back. Good girl. One more time. Back. Good girl. Okay. Hug. Come on. Hug. Hug. Good girl. Yes. Good girl. There you go. Okay. You can have it. Good girl. Oh, where's your ball? There's your ball. We got your ball. Hey. Hey, good girl. Get it? Hey. Good girl. Drop. Good girl. It's not an orange here. This is the orange. There you go. Okay. Sit. Stay. Get it. Oops. Go get it. Go get it. She's not perfect. Hey, legend. I told you, this will make sense in a few minutes. Hey, legend. Good girl. You want more? One more? Okay. Good girl. Now, I know Rottweilers. She's a Rottweiler. Rottweilers have this reputation of being these vicious terrible, rough dogs, and that is so not correct. Legend? Easy. Good girl. Good girl. Now, for those of you thinking a clementine is a pretty long piece of fruit. Legend? Sit. Easy. Good girl. Good girl. Anybody want to try? <laughs> there you go, girl. Okay, legend. Go get the mama. Go get her. Here. Go get mama. Go get her. Go get her. Good girl. Here you go. Good girl. Stay. There you go. Good girl. Okay. Legend's a great dog. I mean, this is not all that impressive if you actually have had a you know, a real trained pet that can do all kinds of neat things. But, you know, for a dog that lives at our house and shares our house, uh, let, let me rephrase that. For a dog that shares her house with us, um, <laughs> she's, she's pretty sweet. Uh, but and we're going to work out it. There we go. I'm going to do that right there. Pretend I have a clicker and the slides are going to advance. It's magic. When we first got Legend at 16 months old, we had her for a few days, maybe a week, and I told Holly that I wanted to take her back to the breeder in North Carolina and give her back uh, because she was a mess. Um, she was, from the time I picked her up, she panted. I mean, 24-7, this, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm nervous. <laughs> now, after about the first 12 hours of that, that just gets old. 
after, after a couple of weeks of that, it gets really old, especially about midnight when you're trying to go to sleep and at the foot of the bed is <laughs> constantly. I cannot put up with this much longer. The dog was, to say she was a fraidy cat is kind of putting it mildly. Literally, I took her for a walk one day and a squirrel came running to the sidewalk and Legend Rennet hid and cowered behind me. <laughs> So I cannot possibly do what I need to do with a Rottweiler that's going to act like this. And that's when I came home and said, Holly, we've got to take this dog back. All the way back to North Carolina. She is, she, she is not a real Rottweiler. And Holly had some great encouragement. She said, give her some time. It's like you went and kidnapped her from, the, you know, from everything she knew. She'd been with the breeder for the first 16 months. And a breeder, uh, fabulous lady, and, you know, treats her animals wonderfully. It's not like she had been neglected or abused. She just had been stolen from her home and brought, you know, from North Carolina to, at the time, Allen, Texas, and was supposed to just, you know, be a great dog. And she's like, hey, you kidnapped me. Where are my people? What, no, I don't know that I like you. Um, but over the course of a couple of months... I saw a transition from this scaredy, anxious-filled dog um, that was nothing like what I expected from my, my Rottweiler. We've had five, um, and it, it wasn't what I wanted. Um, and she became this fabulous dog. And I'll never forget the first time we heard her bark, because that was another one of those things I thought was broken. She didn't bark. She wouldn't bark at anything. I mean, for, for months and months and months, she wouldn't bark. Finally, one night, Holly and I were laying on the bed, and one of our kids came down and put their hand on our doorknob to walk into our room. And when Legend heard that click, I think our house actually shook. Uh, it's the first time I'd ever heard her bark, and it was one of those, I mean, the house shakes barks. And I thought, wow, after, I, after we kind of had to calm down because it scared, I know it scared Holly, it kind of scared me a little bit too. I thought, who's barking? Um, <laughs> Anyway, a huge transition. Legend has become this really great dog that you know, we both love, and I don't know that we take anything for her at this point. But she didn't just come that way. It was a transition. And you can learn a lot about God from a dog. God doesn't expect us to come perfectly behaving and exactly what we have the potential to be. God accepts us and loves us wherever we are, And it's through the connection with Him that transformation happens. You can learn a lot about... Our tagline with Ultimate Escape is you can learn a lot about... And it's usually you can learn a lot about sex because that's what our ministry mostly deals with. But today we're not talking about that. This presentation is kind of our uh, fundamental presentation that everything else is built on. Today we're talking about connection and relationship with God. So you can learn a lot about connection from PVC pipes. I have four volunteers lined up. I need you guys to come down. Robert, Riley... Um, Josh and Ryan. If you guys would come up, join me on stage real quick. I've got some gifts for you. Okay. You guys would line up right here. Uh, Josh needs you on the end over there. Ryan needs you next to Josh. Riley will put you right here. Robert, you're on this end over here. Okay, Robert, you would take that white pipe out of my hand. That one is yours. These are yours. Hope you have some fun with this roll today, by the way. And you have a secret weapon. It is in that unzipped pouch. Don't reveal it yet, please. You can look at it. Just don't let anybody else see it yet. Okay. Um, you can learn a lot about connection from PVC pipes. What do you get? If you look at those pipes, what do you notice about their design? 
Maybe we should reveal who is on this stage right now. You are representing God for us today. And you are representing all the rest of us. You're standing in for humanity, okay? This is the heart of God. That is the human heart. What do you notice about these pipes? What are they designed to do? To fit together. Yeah, they're designed to fit together right there from the mouth of God. Don't send me nasty emails. I know Robert is not God. This is role-playing right now, okay? If you would, go ahead and connect the pipes because they're designed to fit together. Might need a little help from God to get it. There we go. Okay, now. Now, if you would, gently tug on those two pipes. Go ahead. Yeah, you pull your... Now, are those going to come apart? No, they're not going to come apart right now. Their connection. This is what God designed. He designed us to connect, be able to connect with Him. And God wants every one of us to connect with Him. Acts 17, 26, 27. If the story stopped right here, we'd all be great. The story went further, and that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of our time. Okay, because there is an enemy who wants to interfere. You're standing in for the enemy today, and you want to keep this connection from taking place. What can you do to prevent this connection from occurring? Go ahead. What did she just do? She just, gave, she just handed it right over to him that we do that. Now, can you connect with God right now? Even if you really, 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 really wanted to connect with God, can you right now? No, because there's something in the way. So what needs to happen for you to reconnect with God? Yeah, you've got to get rid of that. So go ahead and take it out. Now, sometimes it's that simple. By the way, the black caps are going to represent lies the enemy convinces us of. Lies that Satan throws in there. And when that lie gets in the way of our heart's ability to connect with God, we got a problem. But sometimes we can just say, no, I know that's not right. It's gone and now we can reconnect. But the enemy's not content with that. So if you really want to stop that connection, what are you going to have to do with that next one? What'd she do again? We do this. Now, if you don't want her to pull that out, you're going to have to really crank down on that, right? Yeah, okay. All right, now you want to reconnect with God, so go ahead and pull that out. Okay? Now, if life were always that easy, we'd all be much better off. Okay, now this is going to be really funny. Now, crank down on that as hard as you can. Yeah, keep going. Just keep, yeah. Okay, well, then take, pull it out and get that... Get that stuck in there as good as we can get that in there. Because, yep, go ahead. And for the sake of argument, now, can you pull that out now? Okay, for the sake of argument, it's stuck and we can't get it out on our own. You need some help. Now, we have somebody now. now how, how do you feel right now not being able to get that out? Because I, I noticed the look on your face. You were, you were cranking on that like, like, man, I am so frustrated. I cannot get this out right now. Is that, is that frustrating right now? Okay. I, I, I went to school and paid a lot of money to learn how to do that right there. <laughs> you, all right. Standing down on the end, we have another part of God. Okay. We have God, Jesus. Um, Jesus said over and over, behold, I tell you the truth. Okay, we have the author of truth who is standing there able to help. Would you like some help right now? Okay, he's got a tool that's going to take care of that right there. In the, un, yeah, the, the smaller pouch right there. 
This is the only time in my life I've ever been in a position to give the Son of God a little tip. Okay, there we go. Um, if you would help her out, because she's got this lie stuck in her heart and she cannot get it out by herself. Here we go. Now, can you reconnect with God? Now, that doesn't happen either. <laughs> Some of you just saw that. Um, there you go. And we can reconnect. And guys, this is life. Over and over and over, the enemy throws a lie into our heart that keeps us separated from God, unable to connect, go through that process. God, I need help. And there we go. Thank you very much. You can just set props down. Give him a hand, please. Appreciate you. I mentioned the story. I said, if the story stopped there, we'd be great. But it didn't. Let's look at the story for a moment. Genesis chapter 3, we're going to read the first eight verses. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. And in that moment, the first lie, that first black cap, it gets introduced. Don't trust. Now, he doesn't come out straightforward and say, don't trust God. Don't trust. Don't be a trusting person. He just slides that right. God, that, that's not really what's going to happen. That won't happen. Don't trust. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but my hunch is most of us understand what it's like to struggle with the don't trust belief. Don't trust God. God doesn't really have your back. God's not going to come through. God's not going to be able to take care of that. Maybe in the Bible he did these amazing things, but right now in my life with what's in my checkbook and the bills that are... God can't take... God's not going... Or maybe it's not trusting God. Maybe it's don't trust people. If you want anything done, you have to do it yourself. Any control people out there? I've noticed my hand is... Okay, self-confessed. Satan convinces us that trusting won't work. Don't trust. We move on. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And in that moment, he slides in the next one. You're not enough. Because implied in that you will be like God, you'll know the difference in good and evil Implied in that is you need to be like God. You should be like God. You are not enough the way God created you. You need to be something more. I'm sure none of us ever struggle with the I'm not enough belief. I'm not enough. I don't matter. I'm worthless. I'm... Nobody wants to hear what I have to say because my... My words, my thoughts, they're just not as good as. Or I need to be more like and then fill in the blank. For some of you, it's older brother, older sister. For some of you, it's I need to be more like, but there's somebody. Almost all advertising plays into this false belief. I'm not enough. If my teeth were whiter, when I walked into the room and I smiled, everybody would love me. They would be so glad that I, if I chewed the right type of gum... Men or women would long to kiss me for hours. Some of you remember the, the big red commercial in my generation. 
I'm not enough. It is a lie from the pit of hell. But Satan uses it and he's very successful. The story continues. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. And here we have lie number three. I'm bad. Up to this point, up to this point, every time God makes something, He steps back, looks, and says, Behold, it is... There is only one column in the universe at this point. Well, at least in the world. And that column is good. Because everything God made is good. Or was good. But in that moment, a new category or a new column entered and it was bad. Because now they understand that there is a difference between those two. Which column or which place do you think they put themselves in that moment? We're bad. We are so bad. We are terrible. We are awful. We are, we are worms. We are of no value. We are like lower than dirt. Again, I'm sure none of us ever feel that way about ourselves. I'm bad. And they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for them. That's a whole other open escape presentation right there. Okay. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. And I would say that is evidence. The fact that they hid is evidence of line number four, I'm not safe. I'm hiding from God because I believe God is going to get me. God is going to strike me dead. We did what God said not to, and now we're toast. Again, when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, can any of you identify with the I'm not safe? If, the old invitation thing, if you die tonight, where are you going to spend eternity? We struggle with the am I safe? Is God going to keep me safe? Whether it's in, is God going to keep me safe physically here? Am I safe with God spiritually? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I not? And for some of you, it feels like every moment of every day, God is just waiting to strike you. My theology about God was formed way early on and it was powerfully affected by a song. Some of you may recognize it. There's an all-seeing eye watching yeah, we could break out and sing it right now. Let's not. That was my understanding of God. God is this eye in the sky who is watching, watching, waiting, and He sees all these horrible things that I think and do, and He's just going to zap me. And that's what I thought God was. Makes perfect sense. If that's my understanding of God, why I would always be afraid of God. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So the question mark becomes, what do I do? If I know what it's like to have this, this vicious lie stuck in my heart and it keeps me disconnected, okay, theologically I know, yeah, God loves everybody, yeah, God loves me, I, I, you know, Jesus, I, yeah, up here, I get that, but in here I don't feel it. And for a lot of us, there is this huge disconnect between what we logically know and what feels true at a gut level. And if I know what it's like to be in that place, what can I do? 
Well, let's search for a strategy and see what the Scripture reveal and how are we going to deal with this. Hey, I need another brave volunteer. Beverly, thank you very much. If you would come up and help me out right here. I appreciate your volunteer spirit. We're going to learn about transformation from numbers. Now, I've heard that you may know a thing or two about numbers. <laughs> Calculating my iPhone. There we go. Okay, I'm going to put up a number on this screen. It's going to be back there. It's going to be here. It's going to be behind us. It's, it's everywhere. This is the number 376,915,428,794. I'm going to leave that up for a few seconds. I want you to get that in your mind because I'm going to give you 30 seconds to keep it in your memory and then you're going to tell me the number back. Again, and now some people break it up like this, like a zip code 37691-54287, and then just have to remember the 94 on the end. Or like 37691542-8794. Or some people like fours, like 37691542-8794. However you want to remember that, it's totally up to you. Don't let me interfere with your... You got it? Okay, go. 30 seconds. In 15 more seconds. I need help from the peanut gallery. As loud as you can, yell out random numbers. Go. Okay. And the number was? Okay. Did this work very well? This strategy... By the way, uh, what were you doing? What did you... What was your first step in trying to remember the number? Uh, looking at it left to right, trying to memorize it. Okay, tried to memorize it. I'm, I'm looking at the number, looking at the act, the right number, and I'm trying to memorize that number. Would you go back one slide for me? I'm sorry, yeah, back, backward. Um, not forward, the other, other way. Is it possible to go back a few slides? Another couple we want to get back to that number. There we go. Thank you very much. Uh, all things are possible. <laughs> okay. Let's change this up and see if we can find a more successful approach. Okay. Um, I want you to invite four people that you trust to come up and join you on stage. That's a good sign right there. I was curious. I've been wondering. Who... One more. Need one more. Okay. Four people you trust. I want the four of you to surround her, semicircle back behind her. Okay. And if you would just stay on that other end right over there. Okay. Now, nobody has to remember the whole number. I want you to divide it up. 376. Would you just, just remember 376? Would you remember 915? Okay, what's your number? Tommy, what's your number? 428. That's all you got to remember. Forget the 428. 794. Seven, you got seven, 794, okay? What's your number? 794. Okay, let's make that number disappear. If, oh, just go one, yeah. If you need any help, if you can't remember that number, what do you have? What, what's your option right now? Okay. Percent zero to 100. How confident are you this one's going to work out this time? 100%, okay? Let me have the number. 915-428-794. Very good. Got it right. Give him a hand. Thank you. You have a seat. Appreciate it. You can head back to your seat. Thank you very much. 
It is amazing how many people still try to come up with that number all by themselves. Beverly, you are the first. I've done this presentation all over the United States and in three other continents, and you're the first person who has ever just turned around and let everybody do their job. Fantastic. That's, that's the way we want to do it. Number one, focus on the truth. That's what you did. I'm looking at that number. I'm reading it starting here, there, and I'm trying to memorize it. So if we want to overcome this lie in the heart, number one, focus on the truth. Okay, what is the truth? Well, number one, we're going to look at a couple of these, at least just as an example. Number one, in God's eyes, I'm enough. The lie is you're not enough. You need to be. You need to be thinner. You need to be heavier. You're too skinny. You're too this. You're... You are enough as far as God is concerned. Psalm 139. You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You notice everything I do and everywhere I go. Before I even speak a word, you know what I will say. You are the one who put me together inside my mother's body. And I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. Nothing about me is hidden from you. Even before I was born... You had written in your book everything I would do. God knows you inside and out, upside down. God knows everything about you. And He loves you. There is nothing in the world you could possibly do that will earn a drop more of the love God has than what He already has for you. God knows the number of hairs on your head. Yes, for some of you that is easier for God than for others. But it's inconsequential. God knows the desires in your heart, the struggles you face. Nothing surprises God about you. You're enough. You don't need to be anything more than the you God designed, the you God made. The lie, I'm bad. The truth. In Christ, I'm good. Key point, in Christ, in Christ, I'm good. Here's why I say that. From 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ not counting men's sins against them. Emotion usually comes up when I read this. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him or through Him we might become the righteousness of God. You are not bad. Jason, are you still in the auditorium somewhere? Jason Sturgis. Would you come up and help me out? Okay. And Josh, I need you back up here again, please, if you would, for just a second. Jason, would you come stand right here, right in between these two, okay? And if you would just hang back here for a minute. 
I've got a good and I've got a bad. There's the good column and the bad column. God made you. God knit you together exactly the way he wanted you. When that happened, what column do you belong in? Okay, come on and stand in the good column. God made you good. I'm going to let this represent sin. At some point, sin enters the picture for all of us. All of us sin and fall short of God's glory. So I'm going to slide this on your back there. Okay, we'll, just, we'll just do the one-arm sling back for the moment. That will be a lot easier. Okay. Sin is now attached to you. Sin good, sin bad. Sin bad. Not, not like sin bad. I'm sorry. ADD moment. Okay, so what column do you need to be standing in right now as long as that sin is attached to you? There you go. Got to move over there to that one. Because it's the effect of sin. Sin is bad. As long as it's stuck on us. Lionel Richie moment. Okay, as long as it's stuck on us, we're right here. Now, according to this verse, Jesus came in. Jesus enters the picture. And what does Jesus do for us? Go ahead and, go ahead and do your, do, represent what you did for us. There's the sin. Okay. Grab the backpack off. Because Jesus became sin for us. Okay? See what just happened? What column do you belong in? Exactly. Are you bad? No. The problem was never we're bad. The problem was sin is bad. Now, you notice, what, what, when Jesus dealt with sin, what happened to it? What, what did you see him do? He just stuck it back here. It's gone. It's out of the picture. It is not on you anymore. Period. That's an amazing gift. And when he does that, there we are. It's that simple. So why do you still feel like you're bad when Christ has taken on your sin? It's a struggle. It's a real struggle, but it's a struggle. Thank you guys. Give them a hand, please. Appreciate it. Number one, focus on the truth. Satan says, you're bad. You are so bad. Don't you remember when? Just what you did last night. Satan wants to throw it up all the time, all the time. You're bad. No, Jesus took care of it. And it's not on me. Blessed is the man who sinned. The Lord God does not take into account. Because Jesus already dealt with it. In Christ, you're good. Focus on the truth. Number two, surround myself with truth speakers. This is why connection with healthy spiritual uh, family, healthy spiritual environment is so important. Question for you. Who are the truth speakers in your life? I don't mean who do you like to go hunting, who do you like to go fishing with, who do you like to go shopping with, who do you enjoy having coffee with. Now, it's, it may still be some of the same people. I don't know. I'm not asking who do you do things with and who do you like to do things with. Who speaks spiritual truth into your life? Do you have a list of names? Literally, if you had a, a piece of paper and a pen or pencil right now, could you start writing names with no trouble whatsoever? Here are the spiritual truth speakers in my life. Boom, 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 boom. Right now, if I had to do this, I'd bring Holly up here. I'd bring Robert Abels up here. I'd bring Trent up here. I'd bring Mike Kelly up here. That's just a few. Because whether it's one-on-one conversation... Or I'm hearing it spoken from right up here consistently week in, week out. Those are voices of truth in my life. And they remind me of the truth because Satan every day blasts me with the lies. 
It's a great thing about having small group participation because hopefully in that small group you're building relationships that are life-changing. That when, when you're struggling with something, those are the first people you turn to. I am struggling with this lie and I need somebody who is going to remind me of the truth. Truth speakers. If you don't have a list in your mind, my encouragement, you might need to spend some time developing either new relationships or taking some of your existing relationships deeper and making those friends spiritual friends. We're taking your, your Christian friends that you do things with, but you never talk. You know, like we show up at church, we talk about the game, we talk about what's going on, we talk about vacation, we talk about all this superficial stuff, but we never go out of the two-foot section of the swimming pool. We spend our whole life in the superficial side. Maybe we need to venture into the deeper water. Number three, ask God for help. Sometimes this thing is just stuck in there and no matter how hard I try to get that out, it's not coming. I need God to do something with this. So let me share just one of those experiences in my life as we wrap up this morning. I began recovery, and emotion's going to surface, and if it does, I'm just going to do my best to let it, let it surface and, and move right through with it. I began recovery from a lifelong struggle with sexual addiction at age uh, 33, spring of 2002. It was there before my earliest memories. So April 2002, my world changed. My life began. Several months into that, Holly and I were laying in bed one night, said goodnight, I rolled over to my side, and I'm talking to God. God, I know you love me, but all my life I have felt so bad. I remember running across the verse where Paul said that he was the chief of all sinners. I was probably 12, 13 years old. When I read that verse, the first thought in my mind was if Paul knew me, he couldn't have written that because I am so much worse than Paul ever was. That's how, that's how strong the I'm bad belief was stuck in my heart. So I'm talking to God. God, I wish that there was some way that like you were here in body form because if, if I could feel you holding me, I think that would help me feel like you love me. It wasn't a couple of seconds after that thought left my head that I hear Griffin, who at the time was four years old, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, dragging his blanket behind him. He walks into our bedroom, stops by the head of my bed, and he says, Daddy, can I snuggle with you? Gone. In that moment, God worked a miracle. God worked through my little boy. I pulled the cover back. Griffin curled up in the bend of my arm, and he's out like a light. I am grinning like a Cheshire cat in the dark. Because I got it. Okay, God, God, this is you, and that's me. And I know how much I love this guy. I get it. Gone. Gone, and it hadn't been back. Only God can orchestrate those moments. I mean, I could read verses, I could read, I could read John 3.16 forever, and it not, it not connect in the way that my little boy is saying, Daddy, can I say, I got it. Sometimes we just need God to intervene in ways that only He can do. Focus on the truth, surround yourself with truth speakers, and invite God to deal with the things that only God is able to deal with. Legend, Sir Dishoff, come.
Good girl. Good girl. Sit down. Settle. 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 Told you she doesn't always get it right. Settle. Good girl. Down. All the way. All the way. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Good. That's right. That's good girl. Good girl. Let me promise you this. If connecting with me and my family can change a dog, connecting with God will change your life. God is not waiting for you to be perfect. God will find you where you are and He will change you. You can learn a lot about God from a dog. God said it this way. I waited, well, Scripture says it this way. I waited patiently for the Lord and He turned to me and He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to my God. Let God change your life. And it all begins by connecting with Him. If you're here this morning and you need help in that process, there are a lot of people here who will be more than willing to step in and do what they can. Thanks for letting us be part of your day. Let's stand.